Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here of the Raptors Digest. Riker, we had a whirlwind, there was a tornado of Raptors news over this past week, and the Toronto Raptors went in some interesting directions. They traded Norman Powell for a guy that's still pretty good in Gary Trent Jr., solid now, not the level of Norm, but still a very strong player, younger, so he'll develop in the future, and Rodney Hood, who's a decent wing, and they did not end up trading Kyle Lowry. And he, that was the big talk, that was the big thing. If the Raptors want to tank out this season, then you move Kyle Lowry, move him to a contender, and then hopefully fade for Cade or get Mobley or someone in the draft. But the two deals that went under the radar, Riker, was the releasings of Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas. Once major potential pieces for the Raptors, then certainly this year fell right off the map to a point where they're traded for second round picks. But that has opened up some roster spots for this team. And We've been asking people over the past few podcasts, do you want to tank or do you want to win? Or at least do your best to get back in contention. And there's a lot of people that still expect, especially with Kyle Lowry still in the roster, let's go for it. Let's get in the play-in and see if we can beat the Brooklyn Nets who also added LaMarcus Aldridge recently. So, Riker, today. <laughs> yeah, today, just minutes before this podcast is being recorded, before we dive into takes or anything as that, is there anyone that really catches your eye on the buyout market to push for that playoff push, Riker? And who's reported right now? Drummond. You'd have to expect that he's going to go to L.A., the Lakers, probably, maybe Dark Horse, Miami Heat. Who else? Otto Porter Jr. He's a non-impact player in terms of what the Raptors need. Hassan Whiteside, I think he's worth mentioning, but the guys that we're going to be talking about, I don't know if you wanted to introduce them, but Kelly Olenek, who was rumored to be in the trade deal with Miami on a potential sending Kyle Lowry to that team, and he would come in return. And very low-key, very under the radar, Gorgie Jang. Jang. Gorgie Jang. Ben. I'm going to give you the, the honors of breaking down this man's stats because I believe you have titled, you've alluded to it in the title. Just blow people's minds with this, uh, with Gorgie Dang's stats. Yeah, because uh, and Michael Grange brought up Kelly Olynyk. I don't know if there's been any official reports about him getting bought out, but Gorgie Jang is the first guy that we're going to talk about as obviously he has been bought out by the Memphis Grizzlies. He's, a de he's not a big name like Drummond. We're not going to get Drummond. I don't think there's any chance we get him. We're not on his list of teams he's interested in. But Jang is a guy that's been known as a player that can uh, score in the paint. He's a, a shot blocker a little bit, has averaged about a block a game over the course of his career, only .6 this season. And he's a rebounder in these sorts of things. But little do people know. Little do people know. I should have saved this for a, for a quiz, a question mark to throw to you, Riker. But I told you prior to the podcast. But this man, on two attempts per game, so not, you know, a guy that shot one three this season or two threes or whatnot, is shooting 48% from the three-point line. So that, he's a sniper. We gave up Norman Powell shooting 44 for if we get in Gorgie Deng. Could this guy take us over the top to make a finals run beating the Brooklyn Nets, shooting 48% from three, Riker? I'm not going to bring up this sample size because it is, even though it's two a game and stuff, but uh, only played about 22 games the season, started in one. But Riker, let's overreact for 10 seconds. Could he take us to the promised land? Could you stick a big man who can rebound, stick him out at the corner three and just have him splashing at 48%. Maybe this was the plan all along. You give up, like you said, 44% Norm Powell, you get back 39% Trent Jr. You're, you're trading down a little bit, but the intention all along was to balance it out with two shooters. 
then I don't see that being sustained. But again, I don't think it's a negative thing to pick up Gorge Deng, Jang. My issue is I don't see the point in making a playoff push, but we're just going to go under the assumption that the Raptors are trying to make that push because obviously in keeping around Kyle Lowry, they're trying to win games, it appears. They still seem relatively competitive, even though they've lost a ton recently. So we'll just go under the assumption they're going to try to make the play in. This would be a, a relative step up, I would say, just over the likes of Aaron Baines. My concern is this guy is coming off the bench for Jonas Valanciunas. And we mm-hmm. it's been well documented over the past years. Jonas Valanciunas' struggles with pick and roll defense, with being mobile, being able to guard outside the perimeter. So if this man is coming and getting minutes behind JV and also not closing games when they switch from more small ball lineups, I mean, what is his actual defensive potential then? Yeah, and that's, that's the interesting question when you're looking at any big men, specifically when they're on the buyout market. Rarely does a defensive center that you can play late and close games get bought out such as this, but maybe it's a weird case. The the Memphis Jonas Valanciunas is miles ahead of Jang in terms of offensive ability. Maybe not shooting threes, so to say. It's a forty eight percent. Obviously, we gotta we gotta preface this. This is a joke for people's people in the comment section. That's gonna go at our basketball IQ. Clearly, he's not that nice of a shooter, but JV he's he's more polished finishing around the rim. You're not gonna get more minutes over JV and. The, the Memphis Grizzlies, they've had a lot of success being thrown out mobile defenders. They're, they're a well-constructed roster, so their uh, their coach has had a lot of situations to, to play, and they're fighting for a spot in the West Playoff Western Conference as well. So that's, uh, that's why he isn't playing a lot of minutes. But again, the Raptors have so many solid defenders around the wing, right? The real big issue right now is... You know, Aaron Baines, I'll throw up the animation. He struggles guarding in the pick and roll, and he's not athletic enough to where the player's driving in at him. He's backpedaling, right? He can't get up there and get those blocks. He just doesn't have the reach. He doesn't have the length. So those are his big glaring flaws on the defensive end. I think those would be mitigated more so with Jang, even if he's not the greatest of pick and roll defenders. If he's a decent enough shooter... He's longer, more athletic, so he can finish around the rim. I think if the Raptors are making a push to uh, get into the playoffs, that would be a, a really interesting pickup right here. I'm trying to get his height, but I don't. I can't 6'10". see it on 6'10". my six ten. He's six ten. So he's not undersized. He's a big guy. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I don't watch a lot of Memphis games. I've tuned in at the beginning, at the onset, to watch. John Moran to watch Jonas Valanciunas, of course, but then we might as well shift over because what people will have their opinions mm-hmm. on Gorgi Jang. I think we have the pronunciation right. I'm sure somebody's going to say it was terrible. It was super off. I think Kelly Olenek could be interesting. People are going to, they're going to hear his name and immediately skip through assumptions and say, this guy is literally the exact same as Aaron Baines, but probably worse from an interior scoring perspective maybe a little bit better from three-point shooting, but this season he's fallen off. We'll give him a minute to break down. But again, Hassan Whiteside, if you're if those are the three guys that the Raptors maybe could offer, given they've cleared cap space, they might have a little bit of money to throw around. Maybe he's the best of the three. I don't know. Let's let's talk about Olenek first before we get into it. Well, you look at Olenek's stats. 10 points per game, six rebounds. Uh, you mentioned, you alluded to it, shot 40% from three last season, but has fallen off a cliff in terms of the, that percentage this year, shooting six a game, only 32%, so an 8% drop off there. But Kelly Olynyk is a guy, specifically at the beginning of the season, really struggled 
But then as things went along, the seasons moved along, he's actually had a really, became a very valuable piece to the Miami Heat, starting in a bunch of games, I believe. Yeah, he started 38 of the 43 games this season for the Miami Heat. Obviously, they have struggled, right? They're not uh, looking like the, the Miami Heat that of previous years or the bubble Heat by any means. But he played some good minutes in the, the finals and the playoffs last year. He can certainly shoot even if his percentages are, what is it, 16% lower than Jeng. But uh, I, I would trust uh, Kelly Olenek more <laughs> putting up those threes. <laughs> But he's a guy, he's a creator. The one thing that we really missed from Marcus All leaving this roster, not his athleticism, you're not getting much of that with Kelly Olenek, but the IQ, the ability to pass at the big man position, right? He, he certainly would be an improvement over Baines in those areas. Wouldn't be the rebounder, but just having a competent seven-footer that can get you buckets is not a liability on the offensive end. Is a bit more mobile than people think. I think he would be a really This is nice the issue, though, Ben. This is the issue is it's not that he's an improvement from Aaron Baines. It's that he's not an improvement from what Chris Boucher can't do. Because Chris Boucher, if you're playing against a smaller guy where you don't need interior defense or interior scoring, you're just going to give Chris Boucher that run and play your small ball lineup. It's the bigs, the true NBA bigs, that Aaron Baines becomes the big missing part or having a true center is the missing part. Aaron Baines can't fill that. Bringing in Kelly Olenek doesn't solve that issue at all. I agree that the Heat struggles equal Kelly Olenek struggles because when you have Hero's three-point shooting drop-off, Duncan Duncan Robinson's three-point shooting drop-off, Jimmy Butler out for a lot of the beginning of this season, of course he's not going to have those nice open looks anymore. So I wouldn't knock his three-point shooting necessarily, but he doesn't do anything that's an improvement from what Chris Boucher could do, in my opinion. Do you think if the Raptors sign Kelly Olenek they improve, they get to a point where they're fighting for the, they're, they're in better position to fight with the newly improved Chicago Bulls, the Cleveland Cavaliers, as memes as they have been, you know, they're on a little hot streak right now. Those bottom teams in the Eastern Conference, or do you think we're sort of at the same level? Well, this is the, I'll flip the question back to you. The Raptors have lost against every team lower than them in the league standings. They've lost against the Timberwolves. They lost against the Cavs. They lost against the Pistons right? They're losing against the the Bulls. Actually, I don't know if they've lost against the Bulls this season, but, know you know, some of the worst teams. I, yeah, we maybe haven't yet. No. This is the question. Those devastating losses based on the record of those teams, was it because of the offense or because of the defense? Because if it was the Raptors not being able to score enough, Kelly Olenek would help the Raptors be more competitive in the East. If it's because they couldn't get the necessary stops down in the final stretch of game or in the critical, you know, third quarter momentum swinging stop a 15 point run. It's not an improvement because he's not going to be that guy to give you defensive grit. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think for, for all those points, the thing about it is he's a bit more mobile than Bain. So like in the Phoenix Suns game yesterday, Every time Baines was on the floor, yes, he's better at the rebounding. We weren't getting dominated on the offensive boards when Baines is out there. But Chris Paul was going to, to him and DeAndre Ayton attacking Baines every single time Baines was on the court in the pick and roll. And they were scoring. It, the, the Baines, he does the drop coverage the same way Jonas did it. But he's not even as long or as mobile or as Jonas. So it was even worse. So... That's something I think Kelly Olenek will be a positive in, and he can play in more minutes, and he's not as much of a liability on offense because when Baines is out there, he has... And I have a couple stats for uh, the argument for tanking at the end of this one, but uh, Baines is the worst plus-minus on the Toronto Raptors. It's plus 100, above 100 plus 
when he's not on the court overall this season and then minus over 100 when he's on the court so it's a it's a jarring plus minus for Baines this season and a part of it is you can't really do it on defense and guarding the pick and roll he does solve your problem in rebounding but on the offensive end you know it's like Bismack Biombo, but he can't get up there to dunk so it's 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 a tough situation I think Olenek doesn't have the same issues he's might not, maybe not as good of a rebounder but he still has that size so you don't have those holes where DeAndre Ayton is just going up against a Siakam who's a small forward power forward guy every possession in the paint and going nine for 11 in terms of field goal percentage in a game you don't have that situation with Kelly Olenek he's not the greatest of defenders but he can at least be the same size as the guy that's going up against him and he's playable on the offensive end so that's my take I think you improve with him I think you certainly improve with Jeng as he actually is a guy known for his defense specifically just being long being mobile and worst case he provides you the a little bit better pick and roll defense than a Jonas or someone like that but certainly a much better ring protector a better dunker and can shoot the three hopefully more consistently than Aaron Baines I think two of those guys do push you forward do give you because the Raptors are talented they have a lot of guys on their roster and we we stay within these games the issue is just down the stretch they attack the rim and then we foul so much as we don't have any big men I think the center position getting a competent and I don't want to I, I feel bad trashing on Baines so much because he takes so much flack it's not that he's incompetent. He's playing out of role. This isn't the roster construction for an Aaron Baines, right? This just isn't the team for him well suited on. But to get a competent center in there that can fill the role that we need that center to do, right? I think that unlocks the rest of the team. We're not fouling as much, uh, fouling as much. So that's that's my opinion on it, Riker. But you're of the mind. Why even go for the play-in tournament? So I don't want to, you know, we, we've talked about the free agents, the potential guys we can get in the buyout market. We have those roster spots open. Would you be more inclined to maybe look at a Gary Payton uh, Jr. or the second or whatever on the 905 that just won defensive player of the year in the, the G League? And some maybe development pieces, even if they don't necessarily fill that center hole and look at Baines and say, be the tank commander. We'll still be a competent team, but we'll lose the games right and uh, go that direction just for this season or do you think maintaining that winning culture getting back in the playoffs keeping that streak it makes us more attractive to not only we're not getting the star free agents but the the mid-level free agents our own players a Trent junior so to speak and go that route like you said mid-level free agents that means that's the best you're ever going to get in free agency and I, I try not to be sky is falling negative nancy but you look at blake griffin getting bought out and then sucked up on a on a minimum contract same thing i would assume when we hear what the actual money is for lamarcus aldridge i'd, I'd imagine that the the lakers are going to buy out drummond for probably a million dollars or something so you look at all of these legitimate teams you get guys that are basically on max contracts or huge money contracts and they just want to win they just want to play with the superstars so they're going to go accept significantly less money that seems to be the state of the nba right now so i'm a little bit discouraged i'm a little bit less on the this is what i think if hassan whiteside wants to go to a team like miami or like la they'll give him a million dollars and he'll go there same thing could be said for olenic but maybe if there's no market for olenic then it's because he's not actually a valuable piece <laughs> but i do agree with your assessment that he would make the team a little bit better in some aspects in which case you're going farther away from the tank and closer to being 
fighting for the play-in tournament. And I just don't see the point for the Toronto Raptors when if you can only sign mid-market guys in free agency, if you are still developing around your young core, why not? It's in the in the name of staying young, tank and get a young actual first round draft pick uh, you know maybe high up in the sort of bo- draft board which the raptors never seem to do so that seems to me like the best strategy but other people disagree clearly yeah and i i've actually seen a lot of people not not necessarily decided on whether to tank or not but asking what's the point of tanking it doesn't really work out i made a whole video on why tanking for multiple seasons it just does it's a horrible strategy right but when you're already bad, when you're already in a situation like this, and the the way most people tank, like the Sixers, they tanked by giving up all of their assets for picks, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially nothing. Not current players, future prospects, all that sort of stuff, right? The Raptors are in a really unique circumstance where they have a lot of talent. There is a lot of championship caliber players on this roster at this point in time. The... Playing on the road every single game has factored in vitally to this team's record. The, the weirdness of the season, the fact that we had a three-week stretch where our players were out due to health and safety protocols. We're in, a whole, we're in a hole right now that has led to a very unique circumstance where a team with a lot of talented players, right? And the fact that Masai Ujiri didn't put a center on the team, he, he just left that position wide open. Right, the, mm-hmm. the, there's a very unique situation right now where the Raptors can make a one-year rebuild. They can really go into the approach the rest of these games, look to develop guys, maybe look at the 905 guys that showed a lot of potential this year, an Ellenson, a Peyton Jr., and see what they can do. See what they can do. Pick out the pieces, right? Maybe, obviously, you won't be able to rest guys for a long stretches at the end of the year, but maybe give Kyle Lowry a game off here or there. OG's been dealing with injuries right? And then approach the rest of the season as a development year. And we, for as close as we are to the fifth and sixth seed in the Eastern Conference, right? We we still have, I think we have to go 19 and eight for the rest of the year. Some, I'm trying to do that off my head. I read a tweet about that earlier, but we have to go some ridiculous record, which might be unreasonable right now without a center, even if we get a buyout center, right? To even get to 500 and with the improved East that's looking pretty astronomical right now. A bit crazy to see if that would actually happen. So maybe the route is you're, you're seventh from the bottom right now. There's improved lottery odds. You're not getting to the bottom three in terms of odds of getting the number one pick this season. But you don't get a center, so you continue to play these close games, but you're not able to close them out, right? You you just say, okay, we're, we're throwing in the towel this year. Kyle Lowry, if you want to stay right? You can, we'll be good next year. It'll, it'll work out. We'll see what happens with you in the off season. But, and Michael Grange has brought up a sign and tra- trade potentially, but you get that, you know, bottom five, bottom four odds with the new and improved lottery odds. There's a good chance you actually might get into the top three picks. Maybe number one, you draft a Mobley Suggs or uh, Kate Cunningham. Then you come back next season looking to win, win now mode going all out. And you're back into your top four, top five of the East going forward. Yep. And, and you know what the, the perfect case example is the San Antonio Spurs. I was trying to do a little bit of research while you were making the point. It's that they were 62 and 20, you know, they were in that same time frame with um, what's his name? Uh, Admiral. David, I was going to say Duncan Robinson, David Robinson. <laughs> so obviously Robinson, that was NBA legend. 
<laughs> that was the same time as the Michael Jordan Bulls, but they were good. They were like yeah. top of the NBA. He goes down with injury for one season. They do poorly, right? But they still have a really good core. And then they so happened to get Tim Duncan because they did so poorly. They picked up Tim Duncan. Then David Robinson comes back. And now all of a sudden, this is a legacy team. And obviously, they did really good in structuring their team after David Robinson retired. And then all of the deep draft picks. It's very similar, actually, to the Toronto Raptors in the way that things have played out, um, especially with how good Norm Powell was. Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, all deep draft guys are undrafted, of course. So I, I like the route of just, you know, what is the maximum potential of this team? You said it. It's not, are you going to beat the Nets? Are you going to beat the 76ers? Would you actually beat the Bucks? I mean, I know we swept the season series, but would you actually beat the Bucks in the playoffs? I'd prefer just to tank. You already have the core unit intact get a little bit better, tighten up some of the screws in off season, and then just do a full season. Hopefully none of the pandemic stuff is in factor. Maybe there's more fans, get the energy guys going. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah. That's, that's the route I'm leaning towards, but I won't be against the Raptors if they're capable of making a run going forward, but it just looks well think about it think about it let me let me say this too maybe you already said it i just didn't hear it but you look at the rest of the east yeah they have way better records but is there anybody else from four down that you think that the raptors couldn't win a series against see that's the thing i think right without a center without a center my confidence is a little bit hindered my confidence that we can night in night out not get feasted down low by really any roster whether it's the pistons or the nets right that's the one issue we've seen be plagued to death it's gotten worse as the seasons have gone gone along right the the league just knows attack the rim you'll get fouled it is that's that's how it's going to work so true but if we got a center there is potential this team could maybe well i i think with a center we'd beat all those four teams uh, all the teams that are outside the the top four right i'm very confident that we could beat them in a series and who knows maybe you could make a run at those top teams but it's risky because then you also might say, oh, you're the 10th seed now. You lost your chance at Kate Cunningham. You lost your chance at Mobley. And you lost to the Chicago Bulls with Nikola Vucevic in the play-in game. And then you're there with a, a rookie that is Jakob Pertl, which, fair enough, Jakob Pertl was okay. But... <laughs> Not a not the he did turn into Kawhi Leonard, so don't knock that man's value. (laughs) He he turned into Kawhi Leonard's leg, right? DeMar DeRozan was the rest of the body. We got we got the broken leg from uh for Yak Pearl, but I don't know, not to trash on Yak, but that's that's the interesting thing. And Masai Jury, him, Bobby Webster, you hear their interviews, they seem a little bit confused about what direction the Raptors should go. They're saying you know, who knows with this team? We might be good. We might be bad. We'll see where Kyle Lowry's going to go. Like, oh, I think God. they're just waiting to see. And they said they want to give this team a run. And last time they did that, they ironically, in 2014, when they were wanted to trade Kyle Lowry, it didn't go through. That's when the best era of Raptors basketball started. Maybe this Gary Trent and Rodney Hood deal will put us over the top. Riker, unlock the small ball unit unleash the new greatest era in Raptors basketball but we've been rambling on uh, enough about this sort of situation let us know if there's anyone we missed in this bio market we focus on the centers but there could be other guys let us know in the comment section below what direction you want to go with this team but uh yeah we really appreciate everyone watching this far we're on the road to 20k click the wrong button we're on the road to 20k subscribers so uh check subscribe to the channel get in the like section it really helps us out 
right? We've been covering a lot of this content, been doing two videos a day for the past week or so. So we'd uh, really appreciate you guys dropping a subscribe, riding out the rest of the season, seeing what happens. Even if the Raptors tank, it's going to be a lot of fun at the Raptors Digest. So check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all the cool stuff, the TikTok, Raptors Digest LTA. Riker, do you have any last words? Summarize it perfectly, Ben. Cheers.